0: Welcome to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'll be your host, the Healthy Voyager, Carolyn Scott. Welcome to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'm Carolyn Scott, a.k.a. the Healthy Voyager. The official start of summer is here this weekend, big three-day weekend full of barbecuing and parties and big summer movies. It is Memorial Day weekend what uh, most people wait for all winter long. But I know it's technically not summer until June 21st. However, we all know that this is the weekend that marks it, and I'm sure most folks are excited for warmer weather and some lazier days coming up. I know there's been some funky weather going on around the country this year, and it'll be nice to enjoy some sun and some hot days. Obviously, being outdoors is huge during the summer. Um, For most, some people like to be inside in the A.C. if you're in the hot, hot, hot climate. But We like being outdoors, most of us. Uh, And even having a simple picnic is nice or just doing fun outdoor activities and trying to do some exercises outside, walking, whatever. It's nice to find excuses to be out and about in the summer. And today's guests are going to give us some tips on great ways to start an urban garden, especially for those of you who live in an apartment. Great excuse to get out of the building. As well as some low-fat summertime recipes. Eating heavy food in the summer just doesn't feel so good. So keeping it light and healthy so you can be sure that you look good in your swimsuit for the next three months is key. So a fun Memorial Day show in store for you today. Uh, And since this is the first big weekend of summer, uh, here are just a few tips on how to have a healthy and safe weekend whether you're heading out of town or hanging around in town. Obviously, make sure you wear sunscreen if you're going to be out in the sun You don't want to spend your first weeks of summer battling nasty peeling and pain, along with a lifetime of fear of the big skin C. if we all know what that means. Uh, It's not very hot to deal with that later on. Uh, Sunglasses are key to keeping your eyes protected. Sure, be stylish, but make sure they have the proper UV protection. Do your homework, and you'll see that you can be chic and safe all at the same time. Eat lighter foods, like I mentioned before, like fresh fruit and salads. Um, they feel and taste great on hot summer days and also contain a high water content to keep you hydrated throughout the day in case you aren't drinking enough water, which is huge in the summer. Um, and again, be sure to have water with you at all times. Staying hydrated during the hottest months of the year will keep you, um, feeling not so hot. And I know that a lot of people don't keep hydrated, so they definitely feel the heat. So keep hydrated, keep yourself from getting sick, um, from the inside out also a great way to curb your hunger and stave off um, wastedness if uh, you're doing a lot of drinking this weekend and through the summer. So drink lots of water, have it on hand all the time. Uh, Keep up your healthy diet uh, with your vitamin taking and your workout regimen. You know, just because you might have some time off doesn't mean that the calories don't count or that it'll be easy to get back on track, you know, come Monday or come September, which never happens. Consistency is key and you'll be happier for it. So come Labor Day, you still want to look good and fit into your jeans and your sweaters and not look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. So uh, keep your diet keep on track. And it is kind of easier to, to work out when it's a little warmer out because you can do fun outdoor activities. But um, you never know. Some people get lazy in the heat. So keep it up. Um, and I'm willing to bet that road trips are the most popular thing coming this weekend. But the biggest pitfall are all the road munchies. How often do you stop to go into the to you know stop at a rest stop and then you walk out of the gas station with like a bag of chips or a coffee or a slushie or something just horrible for you. Uh, and if we don't we're still walking around the store looking for an excuse to drop a 10 spot on something just cuz you feel like spending money and snacking on something in the car. Don't do it. Snack responsibly. In the car, so you don't spend money mindlessly and time mindlessly at a pit stop. Pack a cooler of drinks like waters, um, teas, lemonades. There's so many great products on the market as far as healthy beverages. So you don't have to waste money at 7 uh, Eleven or a pit stop. Um, but if you have to, go for a fresher juice or, like I said, water. Um, every now and again, you might be able to find like a, I know that Yerba Mate has. Canned drinks now in some 7-Elevens, but for the most part, it's really hard to find healthier beverages. So pack a cooler with that if you know you're going on a road trip, um, or even if you want to bring like some chocolate soy milk for the kids or something like that to for like extra little treat. Um, I also like to throw some salsa, hummus, guac into the um, cooler as well for some healthy uh, snackies on the road because it uh, it does get kind of boring when you're just sitting in the car and you want something to do and. Um, if you're going to snack, snack wise. So uh, pack something good. And don't just pack munchy stuff either. Like I said, bring salsa because you get veggies um, and hummus because you get protein, guac because avocados are great for you. Um, and maybe opt out of the chips and get some, slice up some cold cucumbers and use that instead of your chips. So you're getting veggies all throughout. And every day before you head out to your destination, if you're continuously driving or you're out of town, Grab a healthy breakfast and uh, pick up lunch for later. Don't rely on your snacks to hold you over for the next eight hours either. So don't just eat chips and hummus and salsa all day. Make sure you have some meals because then you won't have to snack as much. Um, Because what's going to happen is you're going to be pulled into the first place, you see, um, and get some horrible crappy sandwich or something that's just bad for you. So plan ahead, um, pack well, get a, a healthy box lunch that you can enjoy for the rest of your um, trip or your day trip if you're at the location or your destination already um, and that way you're not starving and making the worst decision fueled by Hulk style hunger and then uh, you can eat when you choose and relax a bit out of the car instead of, of dying uh, be green and bring your own utensils my favorite is to that's t-o hyphen g-o-w-a-r-e.com to go where.com that way, you can eat meals on the road instead of eating um, just finger snacky food. Um, don't drive when you're tired. I know if you're going on a long road trip, sometimes you just want, no, I'm going to push through to the next town. No, I'm going to push through till here. Don't do it if you're really tired. Swiss drivers or find a place for the night. If you're running behind to get to your destination, then you planned poorly and broke a cardinal healthy travel rule. Um, but better to get to point B, well-rested, and in one piece than not at all. So, uh, don't drive tired, don't drive on, you know, jacked up on caffeine, it's not good, just plan ahead and be safe. Uh, and in general, this summer, know before you go, like I said, plan ahead, it'll save you time, money, it'll give you a better idea of how much time um, to spend where, if you know you'll be spending a day hiking Yosemite, for instance, look up the rest areas, pack enough food, know your exit strategy, how many times do hikers get stuck somewhere because They didn't plan properly. They didn't leave on time. Whatever. Be smart. Um, If you're staying in a hotel, ask your concierge uh, or hostel uh, manager or campsite manager what places they recommend in the area for dining, groceries, anything like that. Be resourceful. uh, Make friends in the area. It's also a good idea to plan before you even leave home so you can look forward to all the places um, you can eat. Uh, when you're going somewhere because that's a lot of fun to kind of look forward to the places you want to hit up when you're going to a certain destination instead of just living off Luna bars and stuff like that. Um, And I always say this, reserve places that have flats uh, like uh, apartments or flats that have a kitchen or even a kitchenette or at the minimum a refrigerator so you can take your leftovers with you. It'll save you a ton of money And you won't be dining out at every meal, and you'll have more control of what you're eating. You can keep leftovers in the fridge, uh, get to know the local markets in the area, get fresh produce for snacks, nuts, breads, um, and other things for quick and easy meal prep uh, in-hotel, in-apartment cooking. Uh, You can also pack your lunches for the day so you don't have to stop in the middle of the day and you maximize your time. And then, of course, you can pack a treat every now and again and go out to eat. But uh, it saves you a lot of time and money to just prep everything in your place. So get out there. Have a rockin' summer this year. Don't let food or finances stop you. There are plenty of ways to really enjoy some fun activities uh, if you plan ahead and plan wisely. All right. Stay tuned as I'll be chatting urban gardening with my first guest right after the break. Mike Lieberman will be with us.
3: Welcome back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My first guest is going to squelch any excuses for starting your own garden and eating organic. The man with urban gardening experience is with me now, Mike Lieberman. Hey, Mike.
2: Hey, Carolyn. How are you doing today?
3: I'm well. How are you?
2: I'm doing very well as well.
3: So tell us how you became an urban gardening guru. Uh,
2: It started because I eat. I eat a lot of produce. You know, I eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. And uh, I used to used to live in New York, and it was expensive because a lot of you know there's not a lot of stuff grown locally in New York. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: And then you know that coupled with you know just doing, I'm, I'm always uh, you know reading new books or or new magazines or or new uh, blogs that are out there. So I was I got to reading this book called Plenty. It's about and it kind of chronicles this couple that uh, tries to live a year of a hundred mile diet. And one of the things that they mentioned in it is that uh, on the average, from farm to plate, food travels like 1,500 miles. Wow. So, you know, yeah, so, yeah, so that number, yeah, that was my exact reaction too. It was like, wow. And then, you know, so that coupled with the the idea that, you know, that like my ultimate goal eventually is to be as, as self, self-sustainable self as possible. So in seeing that, I'm like, okay, this could be a small first step. You know, I could, I could grow up my own food. I was you know, I was living you know I was living in New York City at the time. It's a lot of concrete. There's not much space, but I did have a fire escape, you know, mm-hmm. a small a small two by three fire escape. So, you know, so I looked at it, you know, thought about it, and you know, I was like, you know what, I I could do this. I'll do it. You know, I didn't i I have no gardening experience. I didn't take any classes. I read about half a book before it put me to sleep, and I was like, I'm just gonna <laughs> do this. And then you know, and so so you know that's. You know that's how it started, so it's all, you know, all trial and error, and Excellent. you know it's you know, there. There's going to be a lot of error, but you know, but that's that's fine as long well, you know, as I learned. You know, and it can you know and, you know and continue to move on. You know, the way that I always think of think about it when talking with people is what happened 500 years ago. You didn't have right. a you didn't have a certificate that said okay you could garden. You didn't you didn't go into the internet and Google you know how to plant seeds.
0: People mm-hmm. threw
2: seeds in dirt, watered it, and saw what happened. And, you know, that's kind of, so I'm just kind of just, you know, just getting back to basics, getting back to nature, and just getting back in touch with my food.
3: That's awesome. What, what are the benefits, in your opinion, for folks to start gardening and growing their own food as opposed to relying on markets?
2: Uh, I think there's a few things. You know, I think one is just, you know, you know how your food's treated at that point. You know how it's, you know, what was used, what went into it, how much, you know, well, what kind you know what kind of any kind of sprays or anything you know any, anything anything like that were used Because uh, I think we're so far disconnected from our suit from our food and our food source you know that we don't really know and appreciate what goes into it mm. you know it's, you know so you know so' it's like if you have you know if you have a plant or you have a you know a, a vegetable or, or herbs or something growing you know you know what it takes to cultivate that and to you know to make sure that it survives and make sure you know, that, you know, that it makes it to your plate. You know, we live in a society now where, where we are very, very fortunate, and I think this kind of gets glossed on us where, okay, if our, you know, small garden or whatever doesn't produce for us, we could go to a supermarket and get food. You know, mm-hmm. so, so, you know so, so just getting back in touch with, you know, food, which helped us to travel and survive as, or, as, as people, you know, over, over, over time, I think it brings a whole new appreciation to food and you know we're humans. That's what we do. We grow food. You know all this sitting behind desks and you know a lot of things that we're doing now. That's all very, very new to humanity.
3: Right. <laughs> but, you absolutely. Know,
2: you, know, you know, but food and growing food and, and you know and, and taking care and supplying that food, you know to your you know to your body. That's you know to me that's it's 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 a concept that I'm just getting more and more com- you know more and more familiar with. And doing mm-hmm. this, it's, it's helped me, and it's just, it's brought a whole new level of appreciation of food you know to yeah. it for me
3: right what do you think is the most and what have you heard as being the most common excuse as to why people don't grow their own food and how have you found a solution to that problem
2: uh, I think I think that you know that there's definitely you know, people you know including myself always have you know excuses to why we can't do things as opposed to just doing things I, I think the first you know, one of the first things is I don't know anything about gardening or I can't do that I kill everything Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, the whole, I, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. I think that's something that's just kind of like uh, uh, a function of, 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 of I don't say like almost like a function of our society because we have people that are gardeners, or that are master gardeners, that are teachers, that are CEOs, that are whatever. So we always, like, you know, want to look to someone else, to, a quote-unquote expert, to do something for us. when we very well have the tools to do things like that for ourselves. So mm-hmm. I think just getting, you know, getting over that hurdle of, you have the tools to do it you can do it uh, you know i think the, you know the other thing is time people think it people think it it could take a lot of time but it's the kind of thing where it could take as much time as you want it to take right and and then you know and then if it's a priority and then if it's a priority we all have 24 hours and you know we all have 24 hours in a day it's a matter of how you allocate you know what you do with those hours and how you allocate your time you're not saying you should spend 80 you know Eight to ten hours a day gardening. That's um, you know, I'm not saying that at all. If you have one plant and you could spend, you know, ten, you know, ten fifteen minutes a day, or, you know, whatever it is, I think it'll, you know, it'll help to, you know, bring a, just bring, you know, a new appreciation again to that, you know, to the food. And then the other excuse, you know, the common excuse, especially with people in urban environments, is uh, I don't have the space. You know, I, I I can't. I don't have the space. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, which is one of the reasons. Like for me, it's like I I, I do. Urban gardening. But I think urban gardening just—it's more so, like for me, it's more so like the, the hook in terms of like what gets people interested. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you know, like I had a fire escape, you know, a two by three fire escape that I was able to grow a, a lot of fresh organic produce on. That's not, you know, it wasn't in perfect growing conditions. It wasn't, but I was able to do that with, you know, with, with zero experience. Now, no. in the beginning of April, I moved to uh, I moved out to LA, and I don't have a fire escape. I have a balcony. So compared, no, so, so compared to the fire escape, I now have a farm. No, but it's, You know, you know, but it's it's a whole new learning experience. So it's all new conditions. It's a whole new, you know, it's a lot more space. It's you know, the, you know, there are, there, are, there are there are other things, but you know, but there's it's possible. You know, it, it's it's in a way if you have. You know, if you have a sunny windowsill, you can grow something. You don't need right. you, know, you don't need an acre of land. You, know, you don't need tons of space. So those are probably the most common common reasons as to why it can't happen for people. What are What
3: are some of the must-haves in starting your own garden, especially in a small space? Uh,
2: I you know, I think if you if you just look at it from a from a money perspective, I think herbs I think herbs make the most sense. Uh, you know certain herbs like you know uh, mint or parsley or or cilantro or or, uh, or oregano, or basil. You know just I think some of the common herbs. I think just from a, a monetary standpoint, I think those make the most sense because you know how many of us go to a, you know go to a supermarket or, a, or if we're you know, fortunate enough, farmers market or whatever it is, and you buy a big bag. You know you buy a big thing of parsley or you know whatever the herb is for two or three bucks, and you just need a few sprigs. And then sure enough, it winds up dying, you know, dying, dying in your fridge and you wind up tossing it. So it, it doesn't wind up, you know, being worth it. Whereas opposed to if you have a little container or a little pot or, you know, whatever it is that you're growing your herbs in, you could just cut it, you know, cut and use as you need. So I right. so I think, you know, so I think just from a practical and a monetary standpoint, I think herbs make, you know, make the most sense. You know, but if you want to start getting into vegetables, I think, you know, I think lettuces are, are good because, uh because of that of how quick to like how, how quickly they can make it to your plate pretty much mm. you know where we're, you're know, in a society of like now 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 and i know i'm very like that too which is why i'm growing a bunch of lettuce cuz it's like you know i'm i'm taking the time and i want it now you know so so for that reason i think lettuce is definitely some, you know if you're going to start with vegetables it's something you know, relatively easy to take care of uh, there are a bunch there are hundreds and thousands of different species of lettuce you know that you know that you could grow, which doesn't have to be you know traditional iceberg or or romaine. there are a bunch of different species, but I, I think that's the one that's probably like will we'll give them the most instant satisfaction.
3: What about like special pots or or um planter boxes or special soils? Is there anything you particularly recommend that people start with or look for
2: mhm uh and, and and that was that was part of me one of the things in, in me taking in starting this urban gardening was I wanted to do it as uh, as affordable as possible. You know, it's very easy in our, in the world we live in, where if you have money, you could buy it, you know, you could buy and you, could buy anything. Uh, so what I really want to do, I want to make this as affordable as possible because, you know, really, I don't, I really don't want to invest that much money into it, but I mm-hmm. still want to, you know, you know, to get as much out of it. So I, like I've built like most of the containers that I'm, planting in i've built on my own and it's and each container costs less than actually i probably got it down now to where like each container costs less than two dollars wow because like what i'm using i'm using the uh like the big five gallon food grade containers that mm-hmm. you know that they have at like uh, restaurants or they the farmer's market that they have the flowers in or at the local you know deli or grocery store or bodegas they have the have those five do they have those five gallon containers
3: So you can pretty much use anything. It doesn't have to be anything fancy to get started, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one of the things of me doing this as well is keeping it low-cost but also keeping it eco-friendly as well. I've been reusing a lot of items. Besides the containers, I've also been reusing soda bottles uh, to plant in. There's a bunch of different ways you can plant in a soda bottle so help to keep keep those out of the landfill. And something else that I've started to use recently as well is coconut shells and using those for some... uh, vegetables that have more shall that have more shallow roots such as lettuces. So I've a bunch of lettuce seeds that I've I've started and I'm going to be using in coconut shells as well. So you know, it's keeping you know keeping a low cost, keeping it environmentally friendly, but you know, and still being able to you know, to grow fresh organic produce as well.
3: That's super neat. So it's you don't necessarily have to go to Home Depot and spend a ton of money getting all kinds of planting stuff, huh?
2: Uh, right, exactly. You know, these are the kind of things that you know you're either going to have around your house that you know that you that you've used and you to cost hopefully either into the recycling or tossing into the trash, or things that you could you know, easily get from, you know, from friends or you know, from other other sources as well, with you know, with little to no uh, extra income, extra money being thrown out there.
3: Now, um, that's all neat for the actual planting. Do you use any tools, like, or do you just kind of use your hands, or do you use any special fertilizers or soils? Like, what's the secret to keeping things going well?
2: Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm. I really don't use that many tools. I really don't buy use that many tools for planting or harvesting or picking or anything like that. I just kind of like use my hands uh, for me you know it just gets you more in touch with it you know it gets get you more in touch with the with the vegetables and with with the plants uh i have in my apartment i have uh, when I was living in New York, I had a compost bin set up you know to help uh you know to help cut into costs as well and now i I have a, a worm bin set up. That, you, know, it's, you know, it sounds kind of gross. Sounds kind of nasty. And I was definitely <laughs> skeptical, skeptical about getting involved in that myself. But the worm bin that I have, you know, that I have set up, it almost looks like a. If you if you came to my apartment store, you would not know it's a worm. You know, unless I told you, you wouldn't know. You you wouldn't know there are thousands of worms in there. You know, going to town, you know, making some nutrient uh, nutrient rich compost. You know, it's just sitting there right in my kitchen. It kind of almost nice. looks like a, it almost kind of looks like a, like a little like tabletop, a little 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 coffee table, I have a bunch of stuff resting on top of it. And you know, and, and it's, that's another way. It's a small, small investment up front, but what, but what you get in return for it, you know, it winds up, it winds up paying for itself easily. Because instead of buying compost, you know, you're making your own. Because everything you're putting into with your food scraps, your newspaper, your newspaper shreds, whatever it is, those are all items and you know, and, and uh, things that you have around your house anyway.
3: That's super interesting. So now that it's getting hot out, uh, what? Would you suggest people start planting that will with, be able to withstand summer heat?
2: Uh, I think some of, the, you know, some of the things that would definitely work well and, th- and thrive during the summer heat, probably, you know, it's definitely saying tomatoes. You know, those, you know, those, are, those are definitely good in your pocket and those planted now. Uh, cucumbers as well. Uh, and then the other thing, if you think about it, you know, you think about the end of the summer, the end of the summer, you have Labor Day. You know in labor day you, you know you, you're 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 barbecuing you're grilling you're taking care and what what you what do you, what, do you, what, do you ta- what are you grilling and you're grilling corn so you'll know, get get your corn started and get your corn planted now as well you know, and then the other thing if you have if you have shade spots you know where it's it's not totally and completely exposed to the heat you can still there are still shade loving plants like you your greens your lettuces things you know, that that you could that you can still plant as well
3: Awesome, good suggestions. Now, for people who are planning outdoors um, that aren't doing it and on their balconies, um, how do you suggest people kind of keep the critters away from the crops, um, as well as you know, not using pesticides or any inhumane contraptions?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm definitely down with that. I'm, I'm not. I'm into you know all organic, all organic methods, and also I'm into you know, making the making the sprays and, and doing everything myself as well. They're all, you know, ones you can buy in the store. Uh, but some of the things that, you know, that I've, that I've done to help fight off some, uh, some insects and, and some bugs like, uh, aphids, I've I've just taken a like natural, a little bit like a natural soap, like a Dr. Bronner's or something along those lines, a couple of drops of that with water, mm. uh, you know, with with some water and just spray that down and that helps that that's helped to get rid of the, the bug problem. Uh, a couple other uh, bug problems that I've, that, uh, that I've encountered are, uh, cabbage worms you know, you know they love to you know to, to munch on the uh you know to munch on, on the leafy greens, so right. with those with those I've just I've pretty much just taken you know like chopsticks and pretty much just pried them off and you know and uh and took them off uh, for, nice. uh for, for other bigger pests such as like uh, uh squirrels who love to you know burrow you know burrow down into the soil by mm-hmm. your plants uh so you you could just sprinkle some cayenne pepper down into the soil. That you know that'll help to deter them because you know because once they stop once they stop burrowing, they, they get, they're gonna get hit with that spicy they're gonna get hit with that hot and then you know and that'll that'll help to deter them and then an, you know another thing that you could use are row covers you know, the, uh, those you know just covers that you, you put you know put up pretty much what it you know it is what it sounds like it's a it's right. a it's a, it's a covering for the rows of plants that'll help keep the bug you know that help keep the bugs and the insects away
3: very cool. I like that cayenne pepper idea. Never thought of that. <laughs> so, do you offer assistance online or by phone for people who would like assistance in starting their own gardens?
2: Uh, I have the, I have my website where I come, I'm kind of like documenting everything that I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and this is part of, you know, and it's, it's, it's part of doing all this for me. So just documenting because I'm, I'm still relatively new to this, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning. So I'm sure whatever I'm going through, other people are going through as well. So I have my I have my website urbanorganicgardener dot com, uh, you know where, where people could just you know just check out what you know what I'm you know what I'm doing and what, what I'm encountering and, you know, and and see the trials and tribulations of what I'm going through. So Excellent. I think that's, that's, that's definitely that's probably the best resource for people to you know, to connect and find out what's going on.
3: And you also have another website too, where you kind of talk about raw food and a bunch of other stuff. What's that one all about? Oh uh,
2: yeah, I've actually I've got a, a couple of blogs. Plus, I write for a few other blogs around the web as well. So I've my online portfolio is Canarsie B K. Canarsie is this, I'm originally from Brooklyn. Canarsie is the neighborhood that I was mm-hmm. born in. That I was born and raised in. and Brooklyn is where I'm from. So it's CanarsieBK.com, B K. dot com, and that's you know that's pretty much where you could find out. That's pretty, it's my online portfolio. It's where I am. What I'm doing.
3: Very cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm looking forward to seeing how you fare with uh, the dry LA weather and how uh, your gardening comes out.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's you know that's that's one of the lows of the lows of Cali. It's, you know there's, the the weather. I could grow here year round. In New York, come like November, December, my my gardening was done.
3: Yeah. Well, excellent. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Stay with us, because after the break, I welcome the happy herbivore, Lindsay Nixon.
1: Too much salt can drive up blood pressure and increased risk for stroke and heart disease, two leading causes of death in the U.S. Most Americans eat more than double the amount of salt recommended by experts. It can come from places other than the salt shaker, in canned goods like soup and packaged foods like frozen dinners. It's also hiding in breads and cereals. Read food labels, enjoy more fresh fruits and vegetables, and look for low-sodium alternatives.
0: For more information, visit www.cdc.gov. A message from CDC.
3: Thanks for coming back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My next guest is a friend and a gal full of fun. Simple and delicious low fat vegan recipes I'm so excited to have her on the show with me now, Miss Lager extraordinaire, the happy herbivore, Lindsay Nixon. hey, Hi. Lindsay. How, Hi. Are you? How are you?
0: <laughs>
3: Good. I'm so glad you were able to make it. Oh, thanks for having me. Sure thing so tell us tell us what the happy herbivore is all about for folks who don't know.
4: yeah. Happy Herbivore is a recipe blog. There's over 100 recipes on the site, and they're all low-fat or no-fat. I don't cook with any added fat, so everything there is just, you know, it's like a low-fat, you know, tasty, delicious. I use wholesome ingredients, all normal stuff you can get at the supermarket, nothing funky like that. And it's, (laughs) You know, it's a way to eat some tasty treats that are good for your body. Excellent. So, how did you get started
3: coming up with recipes and putting them on the web? I know you were a lawyer. So, did you go to culinary school too, or are you just a big foodie?
4: No, I didn't actually go to culinary school. I guess I guess I've become a foodie. What happened was when I was in law school, I decided to be become a vegan, and then I read Eat to Live and decided I wanted to not eat fat anymore. I wanted to be a low fat vegan and Um, I just couldn't find anything. There weren't any cookbooks on the market. There wasn't really any websites. And so I was like, well, this isn't good. So I had to learn how to cook. I had to learn how to do low-fat vegan recipes. And I was like, I bet there's someone else out there like me. So I started a humble blog called Happy Herbivore and started putting my recipes up. And it just kind of grew from there.
3: And you're so right. Uh, There's such a misconception about just because you're vegan, you're automatically going to be thin or lose weight, and it's so easy to be a big fat piglet vegan.
4: Oh, yeah, I mean – coca-cola french fries potato chips i mean that's all you know vegan food you could eat that all day and still be vegan but not maybe not necessarily healthy or skinny (laughs) exactly exactly so why
3: is it important for you to promote the low-fat vegan recipes like i know that you decided for yourself to go low-fat but um how important was it for you to really get it out there
4: um, I think what a lot of people don't, you know, I, I, people say, oh, you hate that, and that's, that's not true. I have no problem with non-processed fats. I think seeds and nuts and avocados are fine as long as they're in moderation. But I don't like how oil has gotten this reputation that it's a healthy food, and it's, it's still a processed food. It's just like all other processed foods. It's, there's not an oil tree where you get sap that's oil. You know, you have to process oil out of something. It's pretty invasive, and so I kind of – want people to understand that it is something that should be used sparingly because it's not natural. You know, I think we should be eating the stuff that earth gives to us, the bounty, the fruits, the vegetables, the grains, and not things that are processed. And so that's why I kind of push low fat is because, you know, it's, you know vegetables are so delicious and so good for you. So, you know, fill your body with natural foods, not, you know, processed stuff.
3: Absolutely. So what's your process when you create a new dish? Is it because you have a hankering for something and you just kind of grab whatever's in your cupboard or do you really kind of sit down and start to think about what you're going to work on next?
4: I kind of do both. Um, you know, sometimes I will get a craving. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'd really like a cinnamon bun or oh, mm donut, you know. And, and a lot of times I'll get requests from people saying, you know, I really loved meatloaf, you know, when I was an omnivore and I would love to have a low-fat vegan version. So, um, you know, a lot of times it is something I'm just trying to make a healthier, low-fat, vegan version of something, you know, more traditional. But then there are other times I'll be like, you know, there really aren't enough recipes that use kidney beans. And kidney beans, that's a good bean. I should, you know, I should make something with kidney beans. And so I'll try to think of a way to use it. Or I'll look at my pantry and think, gosh, I have five pounds of quinoa. I should really come up with a recipe to use that. (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of a hot shot, you know, of how it happens. Fun. Now, if someone wanted to stock a
3: Happy Herbivore kitchen, what cooking appliances and utensils are an absolute
4: must? A really sharp knife. I swear that if you have a dull, crappy knife that you'll hate cooking. So I always tell people, go get yourself a good, sharp knife because it will change your life. And a food processor. I, Oh, God, I love my food processor. I can't imagine not having that. <laughs> but, um <laughs> For ingredients, I, I um I really like frozen corn. I use that a lot, and, and that's true of all frozen. Frozen vegetables, frozen fruits—they're inexpensive. You can you know buy organic frozen at half the price if It's fresh. So if you're looking to save money, that's great. I also keep a ton of cooked brown rice on hand because it's you know so easy to really round out a meal. Um, and just spices. I love spices. Instead of using fat for flavor, you know I use a lot of spices like basil and cinnamon and
3: turmeric and, you know, everything tasty like that. Yum. So since it's Memorial Day weekend pretty much, right, you know, day away. Yeah. And summer is pretty much here. What types of dishes do you like to make when it's hot out for summer parties? Because I know we were just talking before the segment how uh, cooking in 90-degree weather is not great. So what would you suggest for good summertime meals?
4: Um, I like to keep it light. I I like to do a lot of smoothies and salads, but obviously that might not go over for a party. So my number one tip for cooking in the heat is to use your toaster oven, which is really eco-friendly too. I've had success baking all sorts of things from pizza to muffins to brownies in my toaster oven. But um, for my summer parties, I always like to do a really big, delicious salad full of all sorts of, you know, ingredients, not just, you know, lame lettuce, but like, you know, beans and maybe some grain, maybe some quinoa, really tasty salad um, with, you know, maybe some fruit in there. And I always serve watermelon and, you know, something with mint. You know, there, there has to be mint in summer. And I love to do grilled vegetables because you're cooking outside and, Um, God, grilled vegetables are so yummy, especially red peppers. Um, Mm. Those are, oh God, I love red peppers on the grill. So, you know, that's all, and it's all fun summer food, but you know, you can, you know, go old school and get some tofu dogs and some Boca burgers and, you know, rock out that way too for sure.
3: Now, I know you uh, recently moved to New York and right. New York is
4: not known for
3: being a very spacious uh, living environment. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how would you, I know you cook all day, every day pretty much. How have you been able to to cook so much in like a smaller kind of environment? Because I know a lot of people use that as an excuse. Like, oh, yeah. my kitchen's too small, I can't cook. Like, Tell us yeah. how you do it.
4: My kitchen is smaller than my mom's walk-in closet. Like, it's so, <laughs> yeah, my whole apartment is a fourth of the size of my LA apartment. It's so small. But what I found is that um, I only keep stuff that I use all the time. Like, I don't buy gadgets or tools that I'm not going to use because the space, is just, you know, it's prime real estate. And then from there, I, um, I organize everything so, so well. You know, I label, I make sure it's stacked neatly. But the key really is before I start, I make sure I have everything I need and then I clean a workspace, like there, I designate a space for myself to work. And, you know, that's really key when you have a small space is organization. And then before you start, make sure everything's clean and then it's ready because you don't have, you know, endless counters like, oh, I'm just going to put this here or oh, I'm going to move that over there, you know. You have to have a plan. And when you have a plan, it, it's just so much, you know, it's much easier Right, right. Yeah, it, it, it's true. You uh, People do have tons of
3: stuff and tons of space and don't use it and don't cook. And then it's funny that you can do the opposite.
4: I was just reading in um, Martha Stewart, I think it was, at the gym that said, it's the bigger the kitchen, the less it's used. And I think that's true that, you know, you'll find these people that have these big, beautiful, dreamy kitchens and then they never use it. And then there's someone like me who has a kitchen that I can barely turn around in and I use it three times a day.
3: Right, right. Yeah, it's just a matter of if you really, really want to make good stuff from scratch, which a lot of people don't want to do these days.
4: Right, right.
3: Do you have a, a quick recipe that you can share with our listeners that might be a fun thing
4: to prepare for uh, a party this weekend? Yeah, I, there's this great recipe. What you can do is you just um, you get a bell pepper, one of every color that you can, you know, red, green, yellow, whatever. Um, some jicama, which is really delicious, you know, we hooked on it, some black beans, and then you just, you know, chop it all up into, like, a salad. And then you mix it with a little bit of fresh lime juice and then just a little bit of mint. And you can also add sweet corn, too. And it just makes this really awesome, like, southwest bean salad. It's filling and it's refreshing and you don't have to heat up your kitchen and it goes perfect for summer, especially, like, Memorial Day. It's a really good summer. Salad, and you can use it as a side or a main meal if you want to slap it into a tortilla, you know, to make it more like a sandwich.
1: So mm. It's really
4: good. And, oh, fresh avocado over top. Is, oh, it's <laughs> the oh, pinnacle of for it sure. Is. Yeah. For sure.
3: That is. That is quick and easy.
4: Yeah. So, so tell us about your upcoming
3: cookbook and your e-books that are available online, too.
4: Yeah. So my ebooks, books um, they're, they're $5, and they have like 20 to 40 recipes in them, and they're actually being discontinued at the end of June. Part of the contract with my cookbook is that I wouldn't sell them anymore because they would be competing. So um. if you want one, definitely hurry and get one. You only have, you know, this month of June to get them. But they have so many recipes. There's Pudge Free Holidays, which is all holiday fair. There's Backyard Vegan, which is perfect for summer. It's got things like Italian sausages and... Um, you know, potato salad, and it's all fat-free and vegan. Um, and then I also did a sneak peek, which is kind of like a bunch of different stuff. Um, but they're all they're awesome, and it's a lot of fun recipes that aren't on my blog and aren't in the upcoming cookbook, which will be out in January. And it's awesome. It's 200. 14 recipes, and they all use, you know, natural, wholesome, good ingredients, and there's no added fat, so you can eat anything, whether it's pizza or nachos, and know that, you know, good for your body, and maybe not so bad for your butt as the regular stuff is.
3: (laughs) That's excellent, very exciting. So tell us again where we can find out more about you, and check out your videos, and all that.
4: Yeah, so you go to happyherbivore.com, and then Happy Herbivore is on Facebook. And I'm on Twitter, too. Love Twitter. I tweet a lot. I just, you know, warn you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you can also, you can buy my e-cookbooks from Happy Herbivore. You can read about the upcoming cookbook on happyherbivore.com, or you can order it on Amazon. But like I said, it will be in stores nationwide on January fourth, two 2011.
3: Very cool. And what about your videos? I know you do um, some cute videos and some kind of live streaming stuff. Yeah,
4: I do a live cooking show, Healthy Options with the Happy Herbivore. And the videos, they're on Ustream, but you can also watch them on happyherbivore.com, too.
3: Nice. And are they weekly? Are they just kind of when you feel like... Weekly,
4: yeah. I've been. I used to do them every day at lunch, but um, I was r- trying to run out of recipes because it goes so fast. But now mm-hmm. I'm doing at least one every week, and I launch the new video on the weekend on Saturday. So that's a that's a fun time to tune in and watch the new video. But there's a whole bunch of cool. archives up there, so you can go watch the old ones and have fun.
3: Nice, nice. Well, very cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know you're really my pleasure. With you. It was
4: so fun.
3: Yeah, I'm very excited for your new cookbook. Thanks. Don't go I'm anywhere. Sure I'm good we'll be... too. <laughs> oh, yes, very soon, very soon. <laughs> Thanks again. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be right back after these brief messages. Think about your mother, your sister, your girlfriend. One in six women is a victim of sexual assault. Now think about your father, your brother, your best friend. Men are victims, too. Rape can happen to anyone. This is Christina Ricci with RAIN, encouraging you to call the National Sexual Assault Hotline to learn how to support someone you love. Call 1 800 656 HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G.
1: Brought to you by RAIN and this station.
0: All right, we're going to wrap up this week's Healthy Voyager Radio right now. Uh, but before we go, uh, I'm reminding you to check out cantercbk.com as well as happyherbivore.com. You can follow them both on Facebook and Twitter. And make sure that you join me the week after next because next week we're off for Memorial Day week holiday. Um, and I will be bringing on some great guests, uh, the first being vegan bodybuilder Robert Cheek. And the other is one of the pioneers of online vegan travel info, the founder of happycow.com, Eric Brent. As for me, of course, I'm on Twitter, uh, and I'm on Facebook, YouTube, MySpace, we're still on that, everywhere. And again, I've been mentioning this for the past couple of weeks, this weekend I launched the brand new and improved HealthyVoyager.com, so be sure to check that out um, this weekend or when you get back on Monday. Uh, The new HealthyVoyager.com is great. Tons of new content, new videos, uh, information, giveaways, just a whole lot of information. And um, there's an on-site community, so you don't have to leave to join a different community. It's all there. You can become a part of the Healthy Voyager community right on HealthyVoyager.com. So it's all right there. I'm very excited to announce the launch this weekend. So I hope to see you all there. Again, I'd like to thank Mike Lieberman and Lindsey Nixon one more time for all of their great info today. Be sure to check out podcasts of today's show as well as past shows on the new as well as on iTunes and Zune where you can subscribe and never miss a show. And before we head out, like I said, we're going to rock ourselves into Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to play us out with a very summery song. Well, At least it is to me. Again, I love hair bands, and they remind me very much of my summers growing up, as does cheesy Miami freestyle music, but this band has a vegan drummer, so that's my excuse for playing a little Poison to lead us into Memorial Day weekend. I'm sure you've all heard uh, of Poison, and especially of their lead singer, Bret Michaels, who's had quite a tumultuous few months, Uh, but despite his health issues and pretty much near-death experience, he... Still fought and won Celebrity Apprentice. So a true fighter for his cause and his life. But I do hope for his sake that he gets healthy and starts to really take care of um, his diabetes uh, with his with a healthier diet. So, Ricky, you're the vegan on the group in the band, so uh, I hope you're listening. we got to get Brett to go vegan or at least change his diet and his ways so he can rock through the rest of... Uh, poison years if you guys stay together for a while. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have an awesome weekend and enjoy nothing but a good time by poison. Bye.
1: My girl